Amen. Man, continue to give the Lord praise. Is that all you got for our God that's so awesome? Is that all you got? God is awesome, isn't He? I don't think we fathom, as, that, as Joel was saying, if we could just get what God is, a lot of getting would be out of our life. Now you say, what's that mean? A lot of getting that's in our life that we can't deal with would be gone. A lot of struggles that we can't deal with would be gone. When we get a hold of how awesome God is, we'll forget about all those things that are nagging us right now. You know, I had things nagging me today. I, I, I have things nagging me all the time, if you don't know the truth. But when I turn to the awesome God, to my awesome Lord, you begin to forget those things. But where we get into trouble is, is we begin to dwell on our own understanding and our own knowledge and, and our own selves and trying to figure things out on our own. And, and we tend to push God away and say, God, I, I don't want to pray to you now. I've got to figure this out. I don't want to go to the altar teams now. I've got to figure this out. I, I don't want to go to Bible study. I've got to figure this out. I, I, don't, I don't want to do this or that or the other that will draw me into God because I've got to figure it out. Well... What you need to figure out is go to God and everything else will work out because he's an awesome God. We sang about it all day today. You're going to hear it all through. i got a good friend with me today. Where'd you go, good friend? I'm not going to preach, I promise. Come on up here so it'll keep me in check. But, but, but this guy is doing what we need to be doing and what we need to be about. And I'm not saying we're not. I think Oakland's done some great things. But, but, but he heard the story of Jesus Christ. And that love, joy, peace that we sang about, God's faithfulness we sang about come into his life. And when he didn't understand it, he just stepped out in faith and he began to do what he thought God was calling him. And you're going to hear him, I've made mistakes along the way, I've done this along the way, but God is faithful when I go back. And then you're going to see that, that he gets a hold of that love, joy, peace, that faithfulness of God, and that's what he shares. And so I challenge you today as you hear Brother Altin speak today about what's going on in Albania, I challenge you today to say, is that going on in my life? Is it going on in my life that, that I am so full of God and God is so awesome with me that I'm going out and I'm sharing that with other people? That's my heart. I, I want everybody to know about Christ. And you're going to hear that from him today. But I, I got to admit, I got to tell a funny. Uh, which funny do you want me to tell? Uh, uh, this guy, when I go to Albania the first time, you all know me, I'm real shy. And, and I was inclusive, you know, and, and all he wanted to do the whole trip was, you want to fight, you want to fight, you want to wrestle, uh, you want to arm wrestle. And after I beat everybody in Albania, arm wrestle, he's still wanting to fight. And, and, and he still wanted to wrestle, so we took it into the room. I didn't want to do this, you know. I was like, I'm Christian. And, and I serve my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and fighting is not in my vocabulary. And we go in there, and, and he grabs me and throws me on the bed, and that bed folds up around us. <laughs> I shove him to the bottom, and I wrap the bed all the way around him, and I sit on him. That's what I remember anyway. Is that right? Almost. Almost, almost. <laughs> but, but anyhow, we've had some good times. I've known him for good grief, 10, 11 years long time anyway, that, yeah. and, 
And he's a good man of God. We support Albania. Uh, you're going to hear him talk about it, but we support our team, which is in Toronto. And, and we, we, we give each month, if you put in the tithe today, a portion of that's going to go to his ministry. Uh, then his sister, Beatty, he's going to talk about her. She's up in the hill country. And, and if you put in the offering today, a portion of that's going to go to her up in the hill country. But I, as he talks today, I want you to realize, and that's where I try to get in your heads, that, that this isn't Kent's church, this isn't Al Chain's church, it's God's church, but it's all of our church we're involved. So if, if you go to Oakton or, 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 or have been involved in the ministry that he's talking about today through your own church, we've got a lot of guests today, you've been involved in what's going on here. God has used you to accomplish what he's going to talk about today. We've all been a part of building God's kingdom. And I'm preaching again, so I'm going to shut up. Hello, friends. Hello, <laughs> yeah, my name is Altim Kita. I am from Albania. This is a good summary, quick summary of Albania, where it is and how it has been gone through. Yeah, I'm married to Ada for 11 years and a half. I have, we have two boys, Martin and Rubin. Martin, I have been nine years ago here when Martin was one year and a half. His, this little boy just started to, to, to walk. So it's been a long time ago. He's glad to, to be back again. And uh, I say, you guys have a great pastor. Kent is a very good guy. You know, <laughs> you know Kent and Gary and Paula have been uh, supported us for a very long time in, 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 the, in the ministry, up, up in villages, up, up, up in mountains. You know, and uh, in, I knew only them, but I know that behind them it's, it's every, it has been every one of you. So I want to thank you in behalf of our churches there. That thank you very much for helping and supporting us in many different ways. Thank you for praying for us. Thank you for loving us. And I feel that like you have a, you have a good part in our heart. And you know what? You say it or not, we have a good part in your in your hearts as well, I guess. So it's like many greetings from Beta and Elvis. Beta and Elvis. Beta is my younger sister. I mean, she's young. It's it's a last my last sister, but she's not. She's married. She has three kids. She's a big girl. But uh, they they do a great ministry. Up, up in, in villages, Shinjerj area, up in those villages, you know, not because she's my sister, but I'm very proud of her. Because when ministry was, was handed to us, to me and my sister, she was 14 years old. You know, and, you know, and we started the ministry, I was two years in faith, two years old in faith. I have read Bible one time from beginning to end. So I, I and uh, Beta learned guitar in a piece of wood, some string, and there she learned the chords. And when somebody gave her a guitar, she already knew how to play. You know, and would go from one village to the other together and play songs and preach to, to, in villages around. And that has happened for many, many years, walking in rain, in snow, in hot weather. And, and, but... Uh, the, the strange thing with, with Beta, I would say, is that uh, uh, she did something opposite, like everybody would do. You know, during the Albania went through communism time, and the communism time, the society uh, people live the opposite. Like around 70% of people 
lived in villages, 30% or so lived in the city. Now the, the system changed, democracy, new era. Everybody wants to go where? In the city. Everybody wants to go to the city. Now you have opposite. 70% or so live in the cities and 30% or so live, live in the villages. And she got in love with this guy. I don't know where she find him. <laughs> they met in a Christian camp. So, you know, they played sport and Beta was a goalkeeper. And this guy saw, she's a good goalkeeper. So they dated together, they married, and they moved in the city. And now she has a very tender heart. But, and now she was so touched, and, and she decided to go back from the city in the village to do the ministry there. Against the flow, everybody wants to leave the village and come to the city. She did the opposite. And now it's, it's a, they are doing a great ministry there, and I, I want to thank you in her behalf for supporting and caring and loving her. You know, and uh, there the people that, that come to those churches mainly are youth and children. Parents feel uh, shy or I don't know what they, why they don't come to, to the meetings. But, you know, these parents will tell sometime to, to, to Beta that, you know what, I know what Bible story you tell today. And Beta will ask, how do you know? Every time my kids come home from the children meeting, I ask them, what did Beta teach you? So it's like these kids are outreaching, are evangelizing their parents. And it's a, so they really love them, Beta and Elvis and the children. And it's like, for normal, normally they feel like, well, when will they go to the city? Because that's where, what it happened normally. They ask her, please don't go, stay here. We need you here. We, we love you. And it, 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 it's, uh, so that's why I want to, again, to thank in her behalf and thank you for supporting and loving and caring for her. You know, Albania, we have this short presentation of, of Albania and, and the Christianity is very new at this point in, in Albania. It's only, the oldest church is 23 years old, the oldest church. And the normal churches will be from 10 to 15 years old churches. And, it's, and the Christians are just 0.3% uh, of people are Christians. About 10,000, 10,000, 11,000 Christians are. And, and when you saw the video, it's strange how things change through the century. Why? Because you find... In Romans chapter 15, verses 19-20, Paul said, I brought the gospel from Jerusalem up to Illyria. Illyria is the Balkan region where Albania is today. Albania was one of the first nations to be a Christian in the world. Why? Because the Roman Empire that was in Italy will take a boat from Bari to Durus, and then from Durus, from Albania, they would follow this Ignatia road and go to the east. And uh, Paul, where he, when he preached, he followed these roads where the uh, cities were built. And he, he came to Albania. And uh, what happened after 15th century, Turkish Empire, Ottoman Empire is strong and invaded the whole Balkan region and stayed in Albania very long. Especially like, I think they liked us. I don't know why. They stayed five centuries. 
And in five centuries, they changed the Christianity into Muslim. And our nation is 70% still, still today, today a Muslim, a Muslim country. And, and the Christian church is very young. It's only 0.3%. How would I, I don't know, how would I compare? You know, when you see the, the surveys or statistics, how many Christians are, are in, in USA, would be like, if you guys here are, represent the Christians in, in USA, you are responsible for these guys two-thirds of this church. You are responsible to share Jesus, to influence, to tell them about the love of Jesus. And it's a good crowd. You know, you have... Uh, but in Albania, you have only one person to influence the whole. Not one, zero, three. Not one standing, like this much person to influence the whole country. It's like, and that's why I, I really thank you for, for supporting and helping our churches, fragile, young churches and Christianity back home. You know, you know, me, myself, I got married, and guess where I moved? In the city. Everybody should go in the city. <laughs> so I moved in the city. My, my wife is from south of Albania. I, and we, we moved in the city, and, and uh, somebody else was continuing the ministry in the village in a very good way. Well, different people have different calling, different goals in life. And I thought, I know how to do church in the city because I did in the village. I can do it here. No, I couldn't. I tried. I tried in so many ways. Nothing was working. Nothing was working. You know, and... Uh, Finally, after four years, we were able to start the church. We had to re remodel the way how we were doing church and uh, uh, reorganize our team and, and to do what, what we believe is to do a church that can reach our generation. It can reach, can reach my generation. And to have this, these people finding their way back to God, coming, coming to God... Tirana is the youngest city in Europe. You know, wow, wow. You know it's, uh, people in Europe, you know, Europe is, get, is getting old. You know, Tirana is the youngest city because when the democracy started, the new era, Tirana is one-fourth of a million. Today is one million. And how, who came in Tirana was the, the student age people and the young couple couples came in this city, and that's how it grew. Uh, parents are still in small villages and, and small cities, and this is our, our target group that we target to reach the young generation, the student age, you know. At, at this point, I'm the oldest guy in the church. Okay. You know, it's like uh, it's 15, 30 is, is the majority, you know, and before starting our church, I was reading a book, a great book from John Maxwell. You know, and John Maxwell says in one of his books, he says, if you want to change a community for good or for bad, you need to have only 2% of people with same mindset, with same commitment. And we see today in, in USA and all over the world, who is bringing change? The minorities are bringing change, not the majorities. It's like, it's like, and I think 
you know, me and my wife, we decided this is going to be our life goal. We are going to reach 2% of our city for Jesus if we want to change the city and this place. And you know what? This is big. It's, it's, it's dreaming. Dreaming is good. Uh, but what happened after dreaming? You have to put it into work. You have to take the dream and start to put it in, into work. But how? How? The action plan for us is like, we believe we are going to reach this big dream by starting a new ministry every year and starting a new church every three years. This is how we see this dream is going, is going to take place. And we started first by starting the church. March 2011, we started this church and we had, we had a good group of people and, and the first month we had 60 people. That's good. And, and, and the first six months, I was great on growing the church from 60 people to 16 people. And it's like, what's happening? It's like, oh, same old story again. You know, and what to do, what to do? 60, August, middle of summer, 16 people in the church, what's wrong? And it's like, you know, I, had a, I talked with a guy, with a coach, and he said, oh, it's, it's okay. The first year is surviving year. Said, Don't worry, at least you survive the first year. So after the 16, it's coming up, and our, our church is a little over 100, years, 100 people, not years. And the majority is 15, uh, 15 30. It's, it's, a young, it's a young church. That's what happened the first year. And the second thing that we did on the first year, we started this, my wife started a special ministry with Down syndrome children in June 2011. Why? Why Down syndrome? You know, this guy in the photo, he's my nephew. Jonathan is my nephew. He's the son of my sister, Vali. Uh, and uh, you know what? When, when Jonathan was born, we didn't know what is Down syndrome. You know, it's a disease, it's a, it's a, it's a flu, it's a, what is it? You take medication, what, what, what is it? We, don't, we did not know. My, my wife would go Google it. You know, what is Down syndrome? And we'll find some information and go translate it and go to check with the doctor. Doctor, is this okay? Yes, it's okay. My wife would go to my sister and help her with, with Jonathan. How to do this? How to do that? And this, sorry, this was like for, for um, several years. And when we started our church, my wife wanted to start a ministry, social ministry, because I think she has a gift of mercy and she wanted to do something with uh, gypsy kids or with the street kids or something and praying, God, what, what do you want me to do? And God spoke to her heart, you don't have to look around for the ministry. Ministry is in your family. And this is how, you know, God normally, time by time, he uses the biggest pain in your life and he turns it into ministry. And this is what happened. She started taking care of, of Jonathan while she was doing it. And then how many parents and children had gone through the same situation like my, my, my sister went through? Because uh, in Albania, this is, uh, they have centers and, and places that take care for disabled children when they are 10 years old 
and older, but they have nothing for small kids. And my wife found it in the, in the study that if you take care for kids with Down syndrome from zero to three years old, if they give the right, uh, right things, the right training, the right motor skills, they could speak better and they could walk better and they can, can get, uh, they could be better. And she decided to start this, this center uh, and, and uh, she named it after my nephew. And, 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 and it's amazing how God is working through this in different ways. She, she had uh, people working for her and half of them were non-Christians because you had to find the right, right guys that know about this and they're just finished school. Or, and, you know, two of them, these uh, staff members, give their life to Jesus by just watching how my wife take care and how she gives love to these people. And it's, it's, it's super. And this verse, all things work together for good. It really, it really happens in this situation. How God uses Down syndrome child and turn it, use his life into a ministry and bringing people to himself. All things work together for good. And this was this was very special. And then the, the, the second year, I don't know what, what, why we did this, but we started a teenage ministry. Teenage ministry, for us, is different teenage ministry, different is student ministry. And we started in September 2012. And Glenn, Glenn is a guy on the green. He, he's a youth pastor there. You know, and, and Glenn, he comes from mountain. His origin is from mountain. Gary trusted Glenn and helped him to go to Bible school and so on and so on and so Guess what happened? He liked the city life. He liked the party life. And he go from good to bad to worse. You know, and when he hit bottom, he came back to, to God, like the prodigal son story. He came back to God and he was encouraging. And now he's the youth pastor. He leads other teenagers to God. But I don't know what happened and why, but you know, God sent to our teenage ministry the worst teenagers. The, the worst, the bad knuckleheads, how you call them? <laughs> you know, it's like these guys would come to church and they had knives under their jackets. They had screwdrivers. What do you need a screwdriver with you? You know, and they would still, if you forgot your phone somewhere, you will not find it. It's like, they would come and steal. Oh, come, if it was a, 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 like they have a 4th of July, what is the name? Liberation Day or something. And we had flags in the church, and they would take the flag. So where are you taking No, I had the flag when I came in. They would steal whatever they find. They'll make noise. And it's, what do we do with these guys? You know, and the worship band is here and praising and singing nice song with beat and all, and they're showing the middle finger to our worship band. What do we do with these guys? You know, well, take take the bad guys out. So we try to do that, take some bad guys out. You know, to 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 leave, to let these other people, you know, alone to listen God's word. And you know what happened? It's uh, one of the bad guys told to my wife, we are doing the same like the other church in my neighborhood did. 
you keep only the good people inside and send the bad people out. And that was killing for my wife. This is why we are here. These people need the Lord more than, than everybody else. And the sick need the doctor. And like we, we kept with them. We did not, you know, every weekend we are, should we close this? We should close this. We should close. Now we kept and kept and kept for six months. It was very hard. You know, and God, what we do? Just keep one more, one more weekend. What we do? Just keep one more weekend. And uh, something bad happened. One boy was killed in his neighborhood. They have knives all the time. Screwdrivers. Well, they were killed. Whose is that? This is mine. No, it's yours. No, it's me. And it's... They killed one of the guys in the neighborhood. Crazy. And what we do, we brought everybody in, the teenagers, and told them, you know what? We feel sorry about this guy that died, but the truth is, it might be your story tomorrow. Because you have knife with you, you fight with somebody, either he hits you or, or you hit him. Something. Or, if you choose this road, this is where it leads. Or you choose Jesus. And this is where it takes. Now, in this situation, the worst guy, the guy in the drum in the photo, he gave his life to Jesus. He chose the other way. And then his brother, and then the other guy, and then the other guy, he like took, 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 all the dominoes stopped falling. And, and our worship band, you know, this guy in the, in, in the drum, he was the guy that showed in the middle figure all the time, and the, our worship leader wanted to kill him, to beat him. You know, but he found out he liked drums. I can teach him how to play drums. And now he leads the main worship service on the drum, the guy. And now his brother likes videos. We can teach him how to make videos. The other guy like this. And now the energy in our church comes from these youth people. And we were so close to give up. And we thank God we did not give up. And the, <laughs> and the year after that, October 2013, we start a student ministry which is in our cities, the capital city, many universities are there. Youth come from villages, small cities, to study in that city, and they go home on weekends. So we made a special celebration on the Wednesday, only for, only for students. And this is, is, is going very well. And it's, you know, 90% of the students, when they finish school, 80, 90%, something like this, they'll stay in Tirana. Because there's a job for the school they're, they, they're finished for. And, you know, and the other thing is, they go as a mission. When they go home, they go as a missionary's home. You know, the, the, uh, this good group of, of students was, was getting ready to be baptized, and I could not get them baptized. I said, guys, why you are not baptizing? You give your life to Jesus. You are growing in the Lord. Why you are not baptizing? They said, well... The truth is, we come from Muslim background, and we have not tell our parents yet that we gave our life to Jesus. How are we going to tell them? We give our life to Jesus, and we baptize. So it's like, like let's take one step at a time. And it's like, I said, okay, let's do that. First of all, go home and find a way how you tell your parents about Jesus. How do I do? I just 
get a New Testament and leave it somewhere on the table. And they will ask you, what is this book? You know, and start a conversation and start talking about Jesus. It's like they come to study, they go in the weekend home, and they are like missionaries on their own home, on their own house. And it's like, this is very good. And another thing is, three years passed by. Time to start a new church. And we did. We tried. Uh, we started April last year. We started our new church. And uh, it, it is, it, it's in a hard area, actually. But it, it's, it, it's going very good. And it's like our student pastor moved him to take responsibility for this new church. And somebody else is taking over. And it's like uh, uh, the first year was very hard. He's like, well, we started good, but we had uh, we go down. I said, don't worry, it's a surviving year. <laughs> the first year you just make it through. It's like it, it's going to come back. I, I have stories about this. <laughs> and uh, and this year, this year are two big things. Are it's, it's like a new era. Are two big things. First of all, is you know, do you see these guys, the young couple. The, the lady is just expecting a baby in September, October. These guys are crazy. They feel called to go as missionaries. This is strange. The oldest church is 20-something years old, and our church is ready to send people out. And this is... This is thank you very much. And uh, the, during this month of May, they are going to make some travels in either Kosovo or Montenegro, these nations close where they'll go. They'll go to Pristina, the capital city of Kosovo, or they'll go to Skopje, the capital city of Montenegro. They'll see. And the other big thing for this year is we are starting to pray to have our own building. Those you guys that have been there, we have a small building. It's 200 meters square. I don't know how, how is that in your measurements because we have different metric systems. But it is small. And we have very huge students in Down syndrome ministry and, and training missionaries and doing this. And do it. God is, is, is expanding our ministry. I know this is a big dream. It's a crazy dream. You know, how can a church of 100 people think of having their own building? I don't know. <laughs> we'll see on the way. We are dreaming about this. And uh, I would say, uh, what would be the best to describe our ministry? Would be like like a small snowball. You know, I don't you don't have snow here. We have maybe we have there in the mountain. I would describe like our dream is like like a small snowball. In the beginning, it was very small, it, but it moved. That's how it was moving. Was small. Was moving was almost unseen if it happens or not happen, will survive or not survive. But now, it's got a, it has a good momentum. It's rolling downhill. It's growing. One ministry every new year, one new church every three years. And this is why we really believe and uh, that we are going to reach this 2% of our city for Jesus. And I know we cannot make it ourselves. We cannot make it on our own. Uh, and what we need, we need a big God and big friends. And it's like, first of all, I will encourage you, 
please pray for us. Please pray for us. We are uh, we had a group of, of people go in the roof. Our roof is flat. They go in the roof to play, to pray. And one of the ladies had a feeling like we should pray more because there are people praying against us, against the church there. And it's strange for, for me. And it's like uh, one of the reasons I think is we have so many mosques around in our city. And if you have been there, you'll hear the scream in five in the morning till eight, nine in the evening, whole day. You know, it's like, and this is why we need, we need, we need your prayers to pray with us. Uh, and we have sensed already the, the power of your prayers, of your prayers for us. We need your encouragement that we are not <clears throat> by ourselves. We are together. And, and uh, my, you know, as I close, my, my life goal is it's in, in the book of Acts. My life verse, I don't know how to say it, maybe I said it wrong, doesn't matter, you understand me. But this is a very good verse. For David, after he had served the purpose of God in his own generation, fell asleep, die. You know, we know the end part is going to come to us early or later one day. This is for sure. What is not for sure is the first part. That we all discover what is our life goal to serve our own generation. Because every one of us is made, is created to live in this generation. And it is like, for me and my wife, we are ready to serve God, to reach this life goal, to reach 2% of people, to help them bring to Jesus and to win them for Jesus. And it's not, it's not, I mean, it's big, it's very big, it's scary, and we don't know how we're going to go later, but one step at a time. One step at a time, one year at a time. And we believe with a great friend, with great God, nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. And last thing I want to share, you know, consider what you do for missions, consider it as a planting. Maybe now it's season, some of you are planting. And it's like, Bible says very clear, if you plant, you're going to reap, to, to harvest. If you're not going to plant, there's nothing to harvest. And I would say, to encourage you, consider what, whatever you do for missions as, as a planting. And consider your prayers as a, as a plenty. You pray for other people and God will challenge other people to pray for you. You encourage others and God will bring it on the way others are going to encourage you and, and, and help somebody, you know, and God is going to bring it on the way somebody else is going to help you and you are supporting our ministries. God is going to make it through to support your dream your ministry, your needs, whatever. You know, it's, it's the best verse for planting is in Genesis 26. And this is my prayer and my wish for every one of you that are planting. Now Isaac sowed in the land and reaped in the same year a 100-fold. This is crazy. 100-fold. And the Lord blessed him. 
And this is my prayer for, for every one of you, that the God of heaven and earth will multiply and will bless to 100-fold whatever you are planting in missions, in this church, in your ministry, wherever. God bless you. Put that uh, slide back up, purpose slide, while the praise team comes forward. Uh, what's your purpose? Uh, have you fulfilled your purpose that God has for you? And, and we saw in the, the next scripture after that, that that when we are giving ourselves to God, he blesses us 100%. And so we start out today is do you know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior? Because your purpose, God's purpose for you, you were created to be with God. If you haven't accepted Jesus Christ, your personal Savior, you're not in God's purpose right now. And you're probably not happy like the drummer and some that, that our team was talking about in his church. But as you give yourself over to God, because God desires that all would be saved and come to the knowledge and understanding of Him, as you do that, you'll see God bless your life a hundredfold. I went from a stupidity, a life of stupidity to salvation to blessings. God has changed my life, and I would never go back to my old way, never. Purpose. Many of us in here today have accepted Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. But God has a purpose not only to be saved, but as we have a passion for our Savior, we go and tell like he was talking about today. Whether we fail or not fail, we move forward in the things of God, even if it's against the flow. Your son's name that was named after your ancestor that was a Christian is Martin. He named his first son Martin, and the, and the, the theory was that in his family years ago when they were a Christian nation, his relative's grandfather was named Martin. When he was called into the ministry, that was burdened in him so strong that he named his first son Martin after the last known Christian that he knew about in his family. That's faith. It started with his own children. He was claiming them for the kingdom. Our purpose is to lead our own to Christ. Our purpose is to lead the Jonathans to Christ. That, 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 as he's saying, that if you want to witness to somebody, look in your own family. Just look around, just to your right or left. But, but what is your purpose today? And I'm trying to hit all aspects of it because we think a purpose is you've got to be a preacher, you've got to be a teacher, you've got to be an apostle, you've got to be an evangelist, uh, you've got to be a missionary, whatever. You think you've got to do these great big things when you can minister just right next to you, your own children or, or the person you're working with. But God has a purpose for all people. And when we have that passion for Him, we want to share that purpose with others. So I challenge you today, and the altar call today is what's your purpose? What has God called you to do? Because there's more to life than a job. There's more to life than, than seeking a relationship. There's more than life than all these things that we pursue. The life that we so desire is the purpose in Jesus Christ. And when we get a hold of that, our life will be blessed 100%. It's guaranteed.
I'm going to ask Pastor Marty and Dana to come on the left and Paul and Connie Bemis to come on the right. And, and if, they, if people go to them, Roger and Kathy, if you guys would come to the middle. But if you're not saved today, let's do that. If you don't know your purpose today, let's come to these altars, come to prayer if you need to. But let's find out what God's purpose. You want an exciting life, he's living an exciting life. If Rose Compton and, and Kyle, and I was looking around, I haven't spotted her yet, but I know you're here. There she is. Would you guys stand up, uh, Darlene and Kyle? These guys are going on a mission trip. Uh, she's going to be going to Romania for a year, and she's raising monies for that now. Kyle is going to, I just went blank, Haiti, and, and anyway, keep him in your prayers. And then Rose is going to Peru for quite a, a little time, not five weeks, and, and keep her in your prayers. And then we have Altine that's here. If you want to give to these type of these ministries that are going out in the name of Christ, that could be a purpose for you. If you want to give to these three, find them after church and say, ask them, how can I help you do this? If you want to give to Altine, there's baskets in the back that you can put monies in that will go to his ministries. But, but what's our purpose today? We have all these things that we could be doing for Christ, and do you want to be blessed? Get, yeah, you can sit down. If you want to be blessed, give your life to Jesus. If you want to be blessed, pursue your family. If you want to be blessed, beg God that he'll send the people into our church that give us the bird. A lot of you went like this. Oh, my goodness, somebody was flipping him off in church. We need the bad people in church. Are we praying and pursuing the bad people? Because if you guys don't want the bad people in church, you need to tell me because I'll move on. I can relate to, to Pastor with Oakton Carthage. What are we done here? Them kids are tough. But you heard Marty preach a few weeks ago on night and day change and when God gets a hold of them. It's the same way here. Are we pursuing those people in our lives that, that we're probably running away from when we need to be running to them? The ones that we want to avoid because they're going to upset us because of their foul talk. What's our purpose when I get back in the saddle in a week or so, whenever we decide to do that, we're going through the book of Acts. And we're going to talk about the church and what the church is about. And you're going to find out throughout the whole book of Acts, there's a move of the Spirit in every chapter. And then the people moved out and followed it by faith. And you saw bad people becoming good. And we're going to go through chapter by chapter if it takes a year. But we can't lose sight of what our purpose is. And that's to love Christ with all of our heart, soul, and mind, and love our neighbors to ourselves. And that means every neighbor, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Amen? I was ugly and you loved me. Well, thank you. I'll pay you later. Praise team. But Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. And Lord, I ask that you convict hearts in this house today. Lord, if there's anyone here that hasn't accepted you as their Lord and Savior, flood them with your, your love's been here today. I felt it, Lord, but flood them again and remind them, I want you. I have a great life for you. I have plans to prosper you. 
And Lord, let them come to Pastor Marty or to, to one of these at the altar today and give their lives to you. Lord, if there's people in here that don't know their purpose, Lord, I ask that they would run to these altars and say, God, what is my purpose? And Lord, you'll remind them again, love me and love my people. But Lord, you'll begin to minister to them and I ask that they come today. And Lord, I believe you're showing me there's some here today that I've lost my purpose. I don't even know if I want to love you anymore, God. I don't even know if you exist anymore. Father, I ask that they run to these altars today and that they would be refreshed in you. Father, I ask that revival would well up in us, that we would have your heart and your passion. Lord, that we'd have your desires over our desires. In Jesus' name, amen.